Utah takes on Baylor this Saturday. Which Utes are in for a big performance and what to make of Utah's future in the Big 12? We're talking about that and more on today's Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. My name is JT Wister, so former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you guys like and subscribe. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. We're talking about Utah facing off against a Big 12 opponent, and that being the Baylor Bears. So, who better to have on than the former host of Locked On Baylor? and the current host of Locked On Big 12. It's all of your guys' favorite. Drake Toll joins us again. Drake, I'm excited to have you back on for this one, man. And uh, just, I'd love to hear just your general impressions of what you saw from Baylor in week one, because I, as someone who, obviously, I'm this is Locked On, so I'm for Utah, but just right. having watched that Baylor game back, from my perspective, I would be very concerned if I was Baylor fans about their ability to compete from Utah because I saw issues that extend beyond a week one college football performance. I saw bigger issues that are going to take time and potentially even personnel changes based on what played out. But you were in attendance for that game. What did you think and how do you feel about their chances to respond and compete against Utah in week two? Well, I I can tell you this, JT. um, It was bad. We officially have bad in Waco. It was bad enough that Dave Aranda, who wasn't on the hot seat two weeks ago, is now on the hot seat, squarely at least warm. And some fans are talking about how, hey, if this team goes one and five to start the year, one and six to start the year, do you do you consider firing Aranda, putting Jeff Grimes, a familiar familiar name for those in Salt Lake City and Provo, uh, putting him in the seat as the interim head coach and seeing where that goes? So. Obviously, when when those conversations are being brought up, things are not going well exactly here in Waco. But I, I looked over at somebody right before kickoff and said, you know, it'd be, the, it'd be the funniest thing ever if Baylor just lost this football game because and, and you can throw that out there as like, oh, yeah, people say that all the time. But I had I had G.J. Kenny, the Texas State head coach on my show earlier in the week, had talked to a lot of Texas State people, uh, beat writers who said, look, T.J. Finley, the real deal, G.J. Kenny the real deal. Uh, he wins wherever he goes, went 12 and two as a head coach in his first year as a head coach and Texas state is good at football. Now, yes. all that said it is no excuse. That is no excuse for Baylor to get beat off the ball, play after play after play and get completely dominated by Texas, the Bobcats of Texas state who are now one and 24 against power five opponents all time, never been to a bowl game and they knocked off the Baylor Bears this week. Pitiful performance. Pitiful performance. Baylor is is not um, completely down and out, but they're as damn close as you can get. Yeah, it was, like I said, it was rough from what I saw. And um, yeah. I just have a lot of concerns for them about their ability to be able to compete with Utah this week. And the, probably the biggest for me as it relates to their offense might not even be the backup quarterback who's going to be playing and doesn't have a lot of, and as this will be his first official collegiate start coming into it for Sawyer Robertson. It's the offensive line, particularly Drake, the right side of that offensive if, line. If you can call it an offensive line, by the way. If, yeah, if you can call it that. I mean, just especially, like I said, that right side. There was different individual points throughout the matchups where someone got beat one-on-one throughout, but they're right tackle and the right guard in particular, I saw a lot of issues. And also another thing that makes me nervous is look, 
Baylor's going to want to run the ball. It's, it is a backup quarterback, I think. So yeah. if they get in third and long situations, Utah's going to dial up blitzes. And one of the other things I was really concerned about for Baylor's perspective, I did not see a good performance out of their running backs in terms of pass blocking. And with the way Utah likes to blitz and the pressure they like to bring, that has to be better in order for Baylor to hang around with Utah in this game. Yeah, I mean, nothing you've said here has been wrong so far, JT. The offensive line was the most disappointing part because Baylor had brought in so many transfers and we thought – all right, here here's the part where here's the the, the part where, where David Randa goes in the into the transfer portal and he, and he gets Clark and Campbell Barrington from BYU and they become these bigs. I mean, Baylor's got guys who are lining up six foot five, three twenty, six foot seven, three twenty-three. Like this is a big offensive line that can do nothing if if you if you just got dead weight sitting on a football field, that's not a good thing, especially with a speedy defense, Texas State undersized, but speedy. Utah both they're, they're going to bring the size they're going to bring the speed it's the best defense that i think uh it's a top three defense that baylor will face all season even with the big 12 schedule oh no he said something nice about utah i am am wholly scared of this utah team obviously they're really good they were my pick to win the pac 12 mm-hmm. which is not an unpopular opinion right um they've won two in a row at what point will we just look at the team that keeps winning them and say hey yeah they should probably win another one. Um, Kyle Whittingham was also on my show this week. Got to talk to him. He is is somebody who I, again, shocking, admire in college football, despite the times where he says things that don't really belong. And where we're, you're like, oh, Kyle, why did you that. say this X, <laughs> X, Y, and Z? Um, but yeah, if you're Baylor, the, the offensive line is certainly a problem. The defense of Texas State mowed you over there. And Utah is going to do it even more. It is that there's not to me, and there's so many optimists at Baylor this week who have said, oh, maybe they pick it up this week. Maybe they change this week. It's the same guys. It's the same guys. And they're just as bad this week as they were last week. There's no, there's no, we can't just magically click something and the offensive line gets better. Quarterback, maybe wide receiver. You bring in a backup and think, all right, you know, kid is fast. Kid can catch ball. Quarterback, kid is good. Kid can throw ball. Offensive line, you need weeks and years yeah. of work to get better. These guys can't do it in seven days. And that's going to be tough because this is a really good Utah front. And uh, just as for predictions for Utah on the defensive side of the ball, I think early on, I think Baylor will get either a touchdown or a field goal in the first half. But I do believe Utah will have a solid lead built up by that point, And it'll still be like a two touchdown game potentially, just because I do, we'll get into why I think Utah's offense will have success as well shortly. And I think in the second half, we'll see what we saw kind of against Florida. We're in the third quarter. We're not going to see Baylor's offense be very productive. And then in the fourth, we'll see them add seven to 10 points that in a lot of ways could be considered garbage time. I think for Utah, having a big game i think zambaya vaughn is going to respond at corner i think he's going to log an interception there's another week i think cole bishop could get an interception too and i'm thinking at least three sacks for this utah front those are the predictions i'm feeling drake but what i want to know about you is sawyer robertson is the big kind of question mark in this one i mentioned that i think he's going to have two turnovers by throwing two interceptions he also had two turnovers last week and this will be his first official collegiate start do you believe in him and should baylor fans believe in him to somehow get this upset I absolutely believe in Sawyer Robertson. I spoke with both him and and not even about football with him this week. Him and I have a relationship that that it goes past the game, and he's somebody that I connected with during his recruiting process uh, originally, and we have have really become close friends. He has the the X factor, the the dog in him, if you will. And it sounds like a cop out to say that one player can be such a big difference in a program, but no, truly. <laughs> what you're dealing with in a quarterback of Sawyer Robertson is somebody who you're going to look at on Saturday and think, Ooh, that's a little scary because you see what he did against Texas state. There are a couple of plays where you thought, Oh, 
Turn, you know, fumble. He obviously fumbled. The the pass, the interception was on a tip drill, a tip ball where Monterey Baldwin should have caught a touchdown pass. So that's a little misleading. Mm-hmm. For a kid like Sawyer Robertson, though, he is an NFL quarterback. His high school coach said this week that that Baylor, that Mississippi State, Mike Leach recruited him. That's a, a high moniker itself. Said that Baylor, Mississippi State were lucky to land a kid of this prowess, a blue chip quarterback coming out of high school, top 200 prospect, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And he's got the six foot five, 245 pound quarterback physique. He can run the ball like a damn gazelle. He can throw the ball as far as you want him to. His first pass in a Baylor jersey this last week was on fourth and 12, dropped a dime on the sideline. He is everything you want in a QB that comes in and like Tom Brady syndrome, you automatically forget about Drew Bledsoe, Blake Shapin, who had a top five graded PFF quarterback performance against Texas state last week. You forget about him and you think, who is this guy from Mississippi state that is lighting up the stat sheet? He said, he told me, I don't want NIL. I don't need NIL. I don't, I, all, all this fluff and glamor. Ah, it's for the birds. I just want to play football. This guy's a dog. This guy's a dog. It's going to take him having an extraordinary performance for Baylor to win. And that's, what's going to happen. Oh, I, I like, well, you said NFL, by the way, is it just like the traits you've seen him? Is that why you use that term and threw that out there? Uh, what else would it be, JT? Yeah, <laughs> it's just, well, it's a lot from a guy who's thrown less than a combined. I think he's at 25 collegiate passes ever thrown, which is like quadruple what he had a week ago, by the I way. Guess. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, 100 percent. Um, some of these guys, you talk to their high school coaches, which is huge. You talked to scouts across the country who were really high on Sawyer Robertson, and each of them, they've had the same grade, is this kid, despite the inexperience, he is, he's that prototype. Um, he's got the prototype, and that's what I mean by NFL quarterback, right? Yeah, yeah. He could, and God forbid, he could have a, a bad injury next week and never make it to the league, but prototype standpoint, you look at a kid like this and go, yeah, he's got Sunday, he's got Sunday prowess. I can see that. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see not just if he shows it in week one, but if he gets not in week two, his first start, but if he gets the opportunity to show up behind this offensive line too, I think that'll be the biggest concern we both have going into this one for Baylor. But uh, there are two sides of the ball, of course. So we got to talk about how the Utah offense will fare and some of the predictions I have for them and how you're feeling this Baylor defense can hold up since they did allow 42 to Texas state last week. We are going to be talking. Yeah, we are going to be talking about that in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our great friends at Nutrafol. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromise, just better hair. Men tired of wearing or weakening or thinning hair? Do you want to reach your full hair potential? Leading hair growth supplement, Nutrafol, helps improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp. Nutrafol is number one, the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take your hair health wellness quiz, and you can identify your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will provide you with a personalized plan for better hair health and a thorough whole body wellness and it works in clinical studies 84 percent of men shown improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplements once again 84 percent of men show improvement so take the first step to visibly thicker healthier hair for a limited time Nutrafol is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code locked on college find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair Nutrafol.com slash men spelled n-u-t-r-a-f-o-l.com slash men and enter the promo code locked on college that's neutrafall.com slash men promo code locked on college 
This is normally when I tell you guys about a great segment we have coming up on Friday, a special little two-hour college football preview show. But luckily for us, I got the host of that show, so I'm just going to let him tell you about why you should tune into it. Hey, look, <laughs> live, wherever you are, if you're Mountain Time, I believe it's 10 a.m. to – no, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. show, too. I struggled with the time as well. You 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., which is Central Time, 10 a.m. to 12 uh, you're going to have Locked On College Football Live, myself, Kenton Gibbs of Locked On ACC, and also Alex Dono of Locked On Canes. We are going to go all around college football. Last week, I said I would cut my left pinky toe off with a rusted knife if Clemson lost to Duke. You all know what happened. Stay tuned for more. Okay. <laughs> you guys you guys talked about Utah last week, too. I'll say as well. Talked about we what did. they did against Florida, right? Yeah. So, uh... And I talked about how much I like Utah. <laughs> there's this narrative out here that i don't like utah I, I, I want i wonder why we can get it we'll get into that in our third segment but first Jeez. i want to talk a little bit more about this game and uh yeah. going to the utah offense i do think they will be productive against this baylor defense the baylor i think for baylor i talked about offensively the most concerning thing for me was the offensive line i don't know if the defensive line was the most concerning for me but honestly i could pick apart almost every level of defense and say something about it when you give up 42 points to texas state that's kind of what happens i think yeah. for baylor i did not like the lack of a pass rush i didn't feel like they did a great job affecting TJ Finley, or even if like one guy was once in a while breaking through, but no one else was. So it was easy, easily for Finley to be able to avoid that. They gave up a lot of their rushing yards in like on a big play. Now it's bad. They allowed that to happen. But what I didn't like was it would be like third and short and fourth and short and Baylor's getting pushback. It's like got to have it downs and Texas state is getting pushed. I thought the linebackers were really over aggressive. It reminded me a lot of what I saw in some of the Utah linebackers last year where they're coming up too far. So they can be susceptible to the play action game and secondary wise, you know, gave up plays over the top and underneath. So yes, Utah's offense was not, that didn't have this dominant performance. And I actually thought in a lot of ways against Florida beat themselves by some of the things schematically they decided and just tried to do overall. I do think they're going to be successful, but you mentioned the Baylor offense, your hopes in that kind of relies and a Sawyer Robertson, just exceptional performance. How does this Baylor defense slow down Utah? Uh, <laughs> JT, do you think Florida has an elite defense? Florida is an elite defense. I don't, I think they have certain their defensive. I mean, that four, I don't think they do either. Yeah. I don't think they do either. And I, I watched the Florida-Utah game. And had you sat me down after the game and said, Drake, what were your takeaways? I'd have said, Utah's got a really, really good defense. And I thought the offense was solid. Mm -hmm. Then I go back and I rewatch the film and I think, oh, man. How did, how did Utah only come up with 165 passing yards? Mm -hmm. uh, a majority of those on one singular play early on in the game, which I thought was awesome. I was I, I had a lot of money on FanDuel for Utah to win this game. <laughs> great throw by Bryson. So then I thought, all right, uh, 165 yards. They must have rushed for 200 yards. Felt like Utah wasn't stagnant mm -hmm. in the running game. 105 yards, JT. Then yeah. I thought, well, well, there's no, you know, like they had to have more first downs in Florida. They didn't. Third down, they had to have been solid, and they blew this game out. Three for 13. Punted the ball six times. Some good punts, though, might I say. That Jack, hey, Pac-12 Special Teams Player of the Week, Jack Bomeister right there for you, Drake. Some good punts. And I thought, wait a second. Am I really this scared of the Utah offense? You know, again, the, the same offense, the eye test. I mean, I watched the whole game. It's, it's a college football's back. This was the Apex Utah-Florida. I watched this game, and I think Utah had a solid offensive performance. I, I didn't think anything of it. And then I look at the stab book, and I think, oh, wait a second. Let's go watch this game a little bit closer. And I'm not scared. 
I'm scared of the Texas State offense, obviously, after what we saw last week. Um, I'm not I'm not as scared of the Utah offense. And I, I, I don't want to give Baylor excuses. It was a terrible, terrible loss to Texas State. Mm. Shouldn't happen to anybody. Shouldn't happen to anybody. This is Utah losing to Southern Utah. Ooh, right? Get that thought in your head for a second. Um, this, this is something that shouldn't happen. The only thing I can give Dave Aranda is TJ Finley, Auburn quarterback, LSU quarterback. Yes. 53 new players for Texas State. They had a lot of guys you just didn't know. You're thinking, all right, who's this? What's this kid going to do? What's their scheme going to be? Right. And so you had a couple of those surprises. Should that team put up 42 points and own your defensive line? Of course not. But I don't look at Utah and say the Utes are going to. And listen, please, let's be very clear here. I don't look at Utah and say the offense is what's going to win this game in Waco. I look at Utah and say the defense will be the X factor Mm -hmm. for the Utes. Yeah, I think that's a very – the defense was more impressive than the offense. And I think the one thing – because you mentioned you did watch the game as well. I think the reason that the Utah offense at times you're like, what's going on, is because they were beating themselves. I think to a Micah Pittman dropped third down pass when there was no one even close to him. I think of Devon Vele overthrowing money – Makai Bernard out of the backfield on the wheel route would have been an easy touchdown. But, yes, the Gators beat themselves as well, and it goes into that. But I do think week two for Utah with more Bryson and Nate and Andy Ludwig acknowledging – Utah's offensive issues they had to me looked a lot more fixable than what I saw from Baylor defensively, who, as much as we both like TJ Finley, once again, did put up 42 points at, in Waco. And I don't think Utah's going to do that when they go in there, but I do think Utah's going to move the ball, especially because Utah's offensive line is better than Texas State's, I think. So you're not going to be able to get after the quarterback, and Utah's going to be able to establish the run. I think Utah has a chance to rush for 250 to 300 yards in this game. I think Utah has that much of a chance to establish the line of scrimmage, and I think that'll be the main story of this game. 105 turning into 250 to 300. And Texas State ran for, I mean, the, the big hole for Baylor was the secondary. Mm-hmm. And you're saying Utah could run for 300 yards. You're going to have to, again, 105 yeah. to 300 is a huge, huge gap, JT, against a Baylor team that, you know, they gave up 145, which is, you know, yes. above average, but right, right around in, in the average range-ish, I uh, usually give about 120. So I, I don't know, 300 yards, where does that, where does that come from? Where is the, what's the average weight of your defensive line compared to what Florida's was? Uh, yeah. Okay. Next point. <laughs> Devin Watson, that one Gators D tackles like fine. You win. I'll take it there. But, um, I think another factor I'm curious for in this game too, is seeing the likes of a Nate Johnson, who I thought TJ Finley had a couple of nice runs in this game when he needed to not a ton, but just a couple. And yeah. I think Nate Johnson has a really good chance to get going in this one. I'm very curious how they manage him and Bryson overall, but, and it's more than likely we're not going to see cam rising. There's been, there's no way, there's no way cam rising plays in this football game it's i don't Baylor. think so but it's just it, and this is where it gets so hard right because we get kyle whittingham who's like going into the florida game told us who's the oh, one guy who would play cam rising yeah, in this game. like a game time decision and all this that bryson's at the podium oh yeah i knew for like a week and a half i'd be starting <laughs> so it's just yeah. so hard to trust what college coaches are going to say overall but i do like that you are you saying it. you don't always trust what kyle whittingham says i know <laughs> you want to use that funny because yeah, i've said that's things smart. similar to that that's and people smart. really that's don't smart. like me that's smart well, he does. Yeah. And I actually had someone get on me for that earlier this week, but uh, we, we could hash that out off here a little bit, but yeah, college coaches know how to play a certain game and it's a, uh, it's always very interesting to monitor how they do. But yeah, as I mentioned, I think Utah is a big game on the ground. I think Mackay Bernard or Jaquin and Jackson go over hundred yards rushing. I think Nate has over 50 yards rushing in this game with potentially a couple of rushing touchdowns. And I think Bryson, I don't know if he'll have like a perfect 70 yard touchdown pass. Like he had to money parks as well, but I think he could have an overall perfect. stronger game. 
I, well, can you throw a better he ball? He was so grossly underthrown that the DB should yeah. have intercepted it, and instead they were. It was so poorly. Right. It was so underthrown that the DBs ran into each other. People keep telling me this was a dud. We got a kid. Money Parks is open by a couple of yards, down. and we underthrew it when he's got to slow down to wait for the ball. I'd have to watch. Rewatch the play, JT. Rewatch the play. I don't remember him. Okay, I don't remember him slowing down. I thought it was a pretty good throw, but I do look. Obviously, the Florida DBs colliding into each other was pretty bad. It was awesome. Again, I I had a lot of money on this on FanDuel. I'm not upset that Utah won by a lot. Yeah, and um, and yes, they were able to. And uh, I and before we move on to our Big Twelve talk, I think by I think Utah is going to once again win by a lot. I have Utah 34 to 17. What do you have this game, Drake? Sawyer Robertson becomes. A, a man amongst boys, a something legend. that we, we tell our children about, something to remember. People say, remember the Sawyer Robertson game? Similar to the Chandler Morris game for TCU against Baylor. He threw for 500 yards, and now he sucks. And I just, just this one time, Sawyer Robertson becomes Johnny Manziel-esque. And you think, because his high school coach told us this week, unprompted, said he doesn't need an offensive line. He's just going to do what he does. And I was like, that now that's a quote. That is a that's quote. A quote. Yeah. Um, Baylor wins this game. 35 to 34 and you look up and think you look up JT and you think no way Baylor deserved to be in this game only one man did and that one man's name is Sawyer Cornelius Robertson and you're all gonna learn this weekend you will have one heck of a clip to play for locked on Baylor hype if that is what plays out I'll say I don't even host that anymore I, I, good point. Good point. Locked on Big 12. Locked on Big 12, yeah. I should say. Um, And of course, you do host Locked on Big 12. So we do got to dive into some Big 12 big takeaways just after the first week because it is Utah's future conference. And also talk about a, you mentioned Kyle Whittingham. We're going to talk about some of those comments that Kyle Whittingham made and that you had a very strong reaction to. We're yeah. going to discuss those comments in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys a little bit more about our great friends at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and and theaters near you. They have great deals on last minute tickets and their best price guaranteed. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped over the fun you'll have. They have flash deals on last minute tickets. It's easy to find and buy tickets of any kind for any event. And they have even have images available of your seat view you're going to have when you purchase those tickets. They also have the low price guarantee. It's called the game time guarantee. And it means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So you, you can get buy tickets, Great images of your seat, all the great features at Game Time. So head over and download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And before we dive into our Big Twelve talk, do want to talk to you guys a little bit about our great friends at UCCU. Learn and earn the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate. Parents don't always know the answers. Learn and earn breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that occur and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There is age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learn and Earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so play it anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn. And the more you learn, the more you earn. Learn and Earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you bank. 
All right, Drake, to close this one out, let's do some Big 12 talk. You caught some flack last time when you were on Locked On Utes for uh, saying that Utah was had inconsistencies under Kyle Whittingham as for the reasons they would not win the Big 12 in 2024. And I understood yeah. what you meant by that and got your point. A lot of people did not, but I understood your point by that. Unfortunately, the Big 12 had a lot of inconsistencies in week one with Texas Tech going down, TCU going down. Baylor going down, as we know as well. Kansas, you were high on Kansas State. Kansas State did take care of business there. But overall, I think you, I feel very good about the Utah brand coming off their first performance where you have eight starters out and you win against an SEC team, even if it's in your own house still. I feel good about Utah's brand, especially because one of Bryson Barnes or Nate Johnson could be this team's future starter. And I feel good about the place Utah's at going forward and entering the Big 12. I was curious what your kind of thought is on the Big 12 right now after an up and down first week, we'll call it. Here's what the people get wrong. <laughs> they think that we're rooting against, against, that we, the Big 12 that currently exist, are rooting against Utah and Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado. Listen here, JT Worcestershire <laughs> There is, There is something here where Utah fans have certainly made people upset in the Big 12. And, and guess what? Deservedly so. Because some of the things Utah fans have done, you go, oh, can't do that. Can't say that. Shouldn't do that. And it doesn't represent the whole. I think on the whole, Utah fans are spectacular. They are so passionate and great. I love Utah fans. And I love that Utah beat Florida. I love that Colorado beat TCU. It shows they're going to it. a big 12 team beat TCU this week. Like, what? Why, why would we be upset? Coach Prime, Deion Sanders coaches in know. the Big 12. <laughs> why would I be upset with that? Um, Arizona State and Arizona, I think, are lost causes, at least for the, the time being. And I, I'm sure you wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, but Utah's is still a massive brand coming into the Big 12. But you want to talk about them beating Florida? They weren't the darlings. Everybody forgot pretty quickly about Utah That's by true. 5 p.m. on Saturday. Because you know who they're talking about? And you literally cannot deny it. It's Deion Sanders. Absolutely. Now, and and I I want you to somebody's gonna get mad at that, but look, you're competing with a guy who played both ways with prime time, with a guy who's got his own thirty for thirty. There's no there there there's no getting around who Deion Sanders is and what he's doing right now. He's gonna be the star of the show more than the Utah Utes, more than any single personality in college football. It is Deion Sanders. So when I said that Utah was the power team, the big brand coming into the Big Twelve, I I think what Deion Sanders proved on Saturday is he's not just the biggest brand in the Big 12, but if he continues to win the way he's winning, he's going to be the biggest brand in college football, possibly by the end of year one, if it continues at this rate. I mean, the highest viewed game of this year could very well be when Deion Sanders takes on USC, right, Drake? Uh, the star power that Deion Sanders has, Uh, like right now, the Travis Hunter, all of that as well in general. uh, What? Yeah, regular season game probably. I just, I'm still not buying. I'm still not buying the USC deal. I don't. No, they just drawing eyeballs. I'm talking about with Caleb Williams and Lincoln. uh, I know you bashed Lincoln the last time you were on the show too, and I got your points you made there. But I'm just saying, I think people don't really watch USC anymore, though. I don't know about that. We can we can look at that more when it's a big matchup. Go, look, go show up at the stadium. You'd be one of the matchup. only ones well, there. No, I, we're not. Ta- I agree with that, but they're, that's the same problem with UCLA. Yet they're the one getting the Big Ten invite, right? Because their brand is so much bigger than yeah. what they average in attendance overall. But I well, get. I think we can both agree. You can keep your brand. I'd rather be Utah right now. 
Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm with you there too. And, um, and also I think you make a great point on Deion Sanders as much as I love Utah right now. Um, they're not going to be able to compete with just Deion's going to draw and more. Nobody can. Right it's not Utah's yeah. fault. Oh, it's Deion not. Sanders fault. <laughs> it, it is, it is Deion Sanders. And, uh, you know, Deion being the head coach of Colorado just obviously brings so much to that program. Utah's yeah. head coach, Kyle Whittingham obviously draws a lot of headlines when he comments on BYU as any coach does in the rivalry. He was on a radio show overall and he recently, Spence Checkett's hosted ESPN 700. It's their afternoon show. And uh, he was asked. Which about- I will be on today. Oh. Today's Friday. Today. So love will. the show. Love those guys. Also love Kyle Whittingham. Please what continue. Uh, 9.30 Central. So if you're seeing this. 9.30 am Okay, there you go. So make sure you guys check it out to check in with uh, check in with Drake on Spence's show. But um, going back to that, he had Kyle Whittingham on his show. And the comment he made was he was asked about BYU joining the conference. And he decided to discuss the fact that col- college football is ever-changing and he's not sure if it's going to stay. Mm-hmm. And in some ways had said the, the rivalry had lost a little bit of its kind of shine because they weren't in the same conference anymore, which I thought you did a fair point of pointing out, but they had throughout the rest of the interview before that been talking about how just college football is ever changing in the conference landscape. And I think that was why he brought it up. I did not get the sense in listening to that, that Kyle Whittingham, who has dominated BYU since becoming the head coach of the football program is scared to play the Cougars. So, (laughs) This is where I come to the table and I tell you guys, there was a there's an element to this where and, and listening back to the interview and getting full context is pretty crucial for those that just didn't listen to a period. Yes. I think you should always always look for context. I don't think he should have said what he said the way he said it. That's right. Um, because because when you talk about rivalries and these things are very finicky, rivals are very. And I said, oh, who knows if Baylor is going to play Oklahoma State in three years because of realignment? People are like, oh yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, but when you start taking it from a rivalry standpoint and specifically outline BYU, when that's the question, it revolves around BYU. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, who knows? We'll play them in three years. You as Kyle Whittingham, who has dominated this rivalry the last two decades, should stand up and say, hey, we'll play them every year. I don't care what realignment is. We want to play BYU every year because this is one of the premier rivalries in college football. You don't deflect to, ah, maybe it won't exist in a couple of years, which is a casual thing to say about any matchup except for this one for Kyle Whittingham. If he said it about USC, I don't care. Nobody cares. Yeah. But BYU is the one that he is supposed to win every year because he has won it every year. He had a chance to come out, make a statement and say, we will play BYU all the time and we will do our we, he doesn't say we have to beat them. Don't, don't have to say we're going to beat them, but say that's a rivalry that we value. We want to keep here. But from what I've seen, for some reason, I don't, I don't know if it's BYU fans or Utah fans, but somebody doesn't like this rivalry a lot. Somebody doesn't like it enough. It's, bo- it's, on, it's on both sides for some reason. I love I, it. I agree. Reason. That's yeah. why I'm not going to come out and say it's Utah fans that are scared. Utah fans don't want this rivalry. There's these niche groups of fans on both sides that are like, we don't need this anymore. It's the worst. That's the stupidest thing in the world. It's the dumbest thing. Ever. Embrace the rivalry, please. It's so so I think for if I, I wanted Kyle Whittingham, who again, who I had on my show, to embrace the rivalry. And instead, he pulled the, well, anything can happen card. And I just didn't think it was the time or place. 
I agree with a lot of that, actually, you know, even listening back to it recent before we jumped on this, he did very much for those of you like older Saturday Night Live fans. He took the Debbie Downer kind of approach. Like, yeah. isn't it awesome that B like Spence is like, isn't it awesome you get to play BYU every year again? He's like, well, you said every year and technically it's not every year. We don't know what's going to happen. Why, like, wah, why did it need to be like, said? Yeah, that was why did that need to be said? It didn't, yeah, Kyle. It, it, it did not. Said. I definitely agree with that there. I think we both agree that Kyle is not scared to play BYU, but there was definitely better ways he could have and some question. people may have tweeted the word scared. I don't know. I can't remember. I've slept since <laughs> yeah, then. I don't, I don't know who did eat the drink. <laughs> but um, it is going to be another great week of college football. And we have to wait a while, of course, till Utah and BYU are playing in the Big 12. But we don't have to wait for a ton of fun Big 12 matchups this week. So, Drake, obviously you want people to check out Locked On Big 12 and Locked On College Football Live. But what do you just have your eye on in the college football slate this weekend? Texas is, Texas is going to beat Alabama. I hate they it. They are. I hate it as much as the next guy. I do. But they're going to beat Alabama, and we're all going to have to hear about it for the rest of time. That's what I'm keeping my eye on. It sucks, but it's going to happen. What gives you the confidence? Uh, I Not Quinn Ewers. I know, that's what I was not Quinn Ewers. Yeah. Not the Texas offensive line. Um, <laughs> the the relative inexperience of the Alabama, both, both Milrow and his yes. wide receivers, I um, think they're good. This is a game where Texas, who returned their entire offense from last year, where Texas flashed his experience. And games close late. And whereas last year, Texas should have beaten Alabama, got robbed by a call. The experience shows. If Quinn Ewers was to somehow have a great performance like this, if, and he got like overdrafted, let's say like, I hope he's a really good oh. NFL quarterback, but like, if it just, if that's what happened, we'd all go that dang Alabama game. Like everyone got tricked into it by Quinn Ewers. So it's going to be fun to see how it all plays out. It's going to be great to see how Utah versus Baylor. We even got NFL football is back all the way. Make sure you guys check out Drake at Drake C on Twitter or block me. Or bl- While you can. <laughs> or or block him as well. But he, you, like you said, a lot of positive stuff here about Utah as well. I think he wants people over, Drake. It's not the narrative they'll write. They won't know, write I the don't. story that I'm Alexander Hamilton. They hate I'll us be forgotten by history for hundreds of years. And then one day, one Utah fan will realize he was an ally. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It probably will take 100 years, though. You're not wrong yeah. in that regard. <laughs> but, Drake, appreciate you joining us. Thanks, JT. Always a pleasure, man. I love your show and all the stuff you do. And, uh, dude. If Utah wins this weekend, I won't be shocked. There, Yeah, <laughs> I won't be shocked either. And uh, I think you do a great job with everything as well. So looking forward to more collabs in the short future with Locked On Big 12. That's going to do it for this week of Locked On Utes. Enjoy Utah taking on Baylor. And we'll be back with you reacting to that and so much more on Monday.